Hi, travelers. Sophie Takagi-Kainer here with some news that I'm sure you've already heard, which is that Australia is literally on fire in a pretty unprecedented way. And maybe I'm the last American to figure this out, but just in case I'm not, Australia is approximately the same size as the contiguous US, if that helps you get a sense of what a huge deal this is. I'm hoping that all of you travelers across the world can support the wildfire relief efforts. There are many organizations you can donate to, but three that have been recommended to me by Australians are the Fire Relief Fund for First Nations Communities, the NSW Rural Fire Service, and the Red Cross. I'll be leaving all of these links in the show notes, and I really hope that you will give something if you can. If I've learned anything over the past few years, it's that we are stronger together. Ah, good evening, traveler, and welcome to the Penumbra. Tonight's tale is... Juno Steel and the Tools of Rust. It is very late in the evening. It has been a long time since I've had such trouble sleeping. I breathe slowly. How body taught me. But sleep does not come. Just that voice, that melody. Sleep and the still mind will not happen tonight. And so I stand, and I walk the halls of the carte blanche. It is counterintuitive, this process of stilling the mind. I cannot grab my thoughts and pin them, writhing to the ground. I can only be calm if I do not strive for calm. And so I walk, and mark my feelings as they pass. I wish I had never heard that song. And I wish I had never met Ntendera. Not twenty years ago, not today. Is this selfish of me? Would I be better off if I had never met them? I do not know. I cannot know, but that is my feeling at the moment, and that is the truth. I realize that my pulse is moving very quickly. I sit while I still have the control to do so. I breathe. I clear my mind. I let my thoughts go where they will. And they go to yesterday morning... Only yesterday morning, though it feels years have passed since then. Though we only stayed on Neptune for 13 hours. The blackness of space. The Ruby Seven and me inside it. I find it hardest to empty myself of tension when I'm surrounded by so much emptiness. And that is why I sat there, doing just that. Because I would need strength for the days to come. One cannot steal a legend for free. My fingers ached for the black bag in my glove compartment. The one that was not there and never will be again. They always ache like this, but I do not reach. I touched the thought and let it float past me and felt that my heartbeat had not changed its pace. And that is when I knew I was ready. 
so I let the world in again. And I started the Ruby Seven. Ruby, we're trying the Pelican bootleg one more time. We'll use that asteroid ahead of us. Calculate the distance we need to achieve the correct velocity. The morning before Neptune, only yesterday morning when my greatest concern was a trick in my car. Driving the Ruby Seven is not like operating any other vehicle. Great drivers have died not knowing that. They've accelerated into maneuvers they'd completed a thousand times before, pulled the handbrake just right, braced themselves as they always did, only to feel the Ruby Seven buck beneath them, only to slam their heads on their steering wheels or fly straight out its windshield. The Ruby Seven's many background calculations make it more like a horse. It can be controlled, but only insofar as it wants to be controlled. <laughs> wants to. This car can make you believe in ghosts, too. The spirit in the machine. But the Ruby Seven, whatever the force of its calculations, cannot want and cannot think. It can only behave like it does. My name is Jet Sekuliak. With this car, I used to be a legend. But the man I had to be in order to live that legend... He is not one I ever hope to meet again. Ruby, initiate pelican bootleg. <whistles> to clarify, a pelican is an earth seabird that hunts fish by diving at neck-breaking speeds directly into the water, without turn or hesitation. Increase speed towards asteroid. And a bootleg turn is a vehicular maneuver in which the driver accelerates forward, enters into a controlled rotating skid for 180 degrees, then accelerates quickly in the opposite direction. Reduce power to main thruster. 15% burns rear bumpers A and B. And so, for reference, the Pelican bootleg. A vehicular maneuver in which the driver dives at car-shattering speeds directly into another space-borne object, only to enter into a controlled skid for a perfect 180 degrees, and then use the object's surface to reflect the booster's ionized propellant back at the bootlegging vehicle and thrust in the opposite direction. If accomplished, the Pelican bootleg allows for hairpin turns with high acceleration and tight quarters. It has only one flaw. It is supposed to be impossible for a human being to complete. But I have done it before. When I stole the Iris of Jupiter, I completed the Pelican bootleg in this car. And today, I will complete it again. I will. Not the man I used to be. Not yet. Almost there. Feel for it, Ruby. And as I say those words, they echo in me, growing louder with each successive thought. I cannot think over the noise. My pulse rises. Feel for it, Ruby. I am no longer still. As from a great pit inside me, I feel the man I used to be climb up the ladder of my ribs. Feel for it, Ruby. Come on, feel for it with me. He wants to reach for the glove compartment and pull out the things I no longer keep there. And I can hear him perfectly, all these years later, exactly as he was. As I was on the day I gripped the iris of Jupiter in my hand. That's it, that's it. Drop the package, Ruby. And... Kaboom. I cannot be that man again. I will not be that man again. Without control. I have changed. I am control. Ruby, full operations to driver. Now! I drive this car. 
not my impulses or my instincts. If the Ruby Seven is a wild horse, I must break it in. Just as I broke myself in seven years ago. Come on. Come on! Yes, we've collided with the asteroid. I know that we've collided with the asteroid. I will repair... Shut it, Ruby! Only a glancing collision. We'll repair it when we return to the carte blanche. For now, we try it again. I am certain. I will collect myself, I will meditate on this, and I will control. This is Jet. Darling, do you plan on coming in out of the absolute zero anytime soon? It's about an hour before we begin our orbit of Neptune, and it would be a joy not to shred to pieces in its atmosphere. I was told I would not be required to participate in this mission. You do not. Buddy, it is of utmost importance that I do not participate. I know, darling. But this is our last job in the solar system, and you know that first big jump can really work hell on a vessel as small as ours. We ought to make sure that our ship-shaped home is in ship-shape. I have completed the diagnostics already. The carte blanche should have no trouble. You have said that the Ruby 7 is handling strangely. I said it was unsafe. Because it was handling strangely. Which, of course, could be caused by any number of factors in the carte blanche itself. The tractor shield, for example. And forgive me, Jet, but I really would prefer to be absolutely certain our supplies are in order before we leave civilization behind. A lot can happen in a week. Resupply. Of course. I'll return in just a moment. My apologies. I should not have questioned you. Nothing to apologize for, darling. Never anything to apologize for. Is everything all right, Jet? Nothing has been wrong in years, buddy. That was not an answer to my question. Well, between Juno and myself, it's become difficult to track our consumption aboard the carte blanche. You do not have to track my consumption. Mine is still zero, as it was yesterday, and the last month, and every one of the last seven years. Everything is all right, buddy. I'm coming in now. Glad to hear it. It was not coincidence that I saw my old self around every corner that day. Buddy warned me before we ever set out after the Cure Mother Prime that our family would have to contend with this target eventually. Even so, on hearing their name again, I could feel my new foundation shake. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Jet. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to scare you. It is all right. Only... I didn't know you could be scared, period. Finding out that you can is a little scary for me. Except, wait, you just scared a little old Rita, which is cute! So, never mind. I'm fine, actually. I'm glad to hear it. You had a question. Oh, right! I asked, how come you ain't never at the family meetings about him ten today, Mr. Jet? I mean, Mr. Steele and Miss Vespa and Mr. Ransom are all out there stealing some key from them right now, so why aren't you helping? I have been known to lose time when my mind gets like this. Hours slipping as I grasp for a calm I cannot find as I try to block out the sound of my old self pounding on the walls of his cage. But one hour had passed since we dropped Juno, Vespa, and the thief in La Verrier, the resort city floating in the hurricanes of Neptune. Twelve remained. If you don't want to talk about it, I mean... I do not. Vespa, Juno, and the thief will be able to take the key from that weapons designer you named. I will take care of the carte blanche. We all have our jobs within this family. That's true. The captain 
said my main job's already done since I found him ten today and everything. So now I'm just supposed to listen in every once in a while and make sure Mr. Seal and Miss Vespa ain't killed each other yet. It's not my fault. How the hell was I supposed to know the door would be booby-trapped? You have to know. If you don't go through life like every door's booby-trapped, then every trap is your fault. I really think we ought to keep it down. Sorry, but not all of us can afford to take two hours to check the bathroom for traps before they use it. That was 90 minutes! Once! It's the only bathroom on the goddamn ship, Vespa. <laughs> Currently, I am resetting and realigning the tractor shields of the carte blanche. They must automatically push aside space debris before it hits our hull. But we made it through the asteroid belt just fine, didn't we? We did. So then the tractor shields must be fine. <clears throat> I am not certain. I have felt certain motions when I have practiced with the Ruby 7. Maneuvers have not responded as they should. Really? That's weird. Maybe I could try driving. No! Ah! It is dangerous until I discover the nature of the problem. <clears throat> I have nearly disassembled the tractor shield generator. Perhaps then you could look through the pieces with me for any anomalies. Oh, like evil alien fungus kind of anomalies? Rust is more likely. <gasps> that is also very cool. Let's do it. It should not surprise me that Rita and I match well. Buddy calls herself an excellent leader, and I have never known Buddy to lie. But certain people one meets feel like they are exactly the right person at the right time in life. That is how Rita feels to me. The care and curiosity. To think in leaps as broad as Rita's is impossible. To attempt the feat is exercise. I take it gladly. That is how Buddy made me feel too when I first met her. Seven years ago. The day she saw me lock away the unnatural disaster for good. I was thinking about my old self again. I could not wait to leave and be done with him. And... Yeah, that's the last piece. So, Mr. Jet, what's the problem? I cannot see one. Uh... What you doing now? Rebuilding the tractor shield generator. Then I will disassemble it again to discover its error. Over and over again? Until the error is found, yes. In my experience, repetition and focus are where improvement lies. In the self and in the ship. Control over every part. Oh, I like that. I'm not sure I get it, but I do like it. Uh, Mr. Jet? Hmm? Are people going to hate us for being thieves? In my experience, the hate comes first. The justification is invented afterwards to clear the conscience of the feeling. Is that... is that what happened to you? I do not understand. Just because... Never mind, forget I said anything. That is not possible. Because I know you said you don't want to discuss any of the stream movies that were about your career. I do not want to discuss any of the stream movies about my career. But you just don't seem anything like the thief in those movies, you know? Uh, Mr. Jet? You may continue. He's just, um, scary, and you're not. I'm glad you think so. Jet Sekuliak, the unnatural disaster. I was scared when I first met you because I thought you were just going to, bam, explode any second and... The war was a different time. But, I hope you don't mind, but one of those jobs came up while I was looking for him tenderday this time around. All units proceed with caution. 
You do not need to apologize for doing your job. So, I was reading some more about it. I hope that's okay. Subject is armed and has taken down two cars already. Three cars. Three! Idiots can't count. Look, I don't make that 30. <laughs> That'd show them. Now, why stop at 30? We've got what we need, don't we? Don't we? <laughs> but it's just the Iris of Jupiter heist, right? People have been wondering for a really long time why you... Because that doesn't seem like you. But it's your name. And in the movie, the thief steals a green car, and, I mean, the Ruby 7 is green, and sure, in the movie, the car ain't nothing special, but... I didn't mean to look into you. Honest. It came up when I was looking for our target, M10 today. Is that so? Yeah. I didn't understand what they did to get the solar government so mad at them. I mean, they built the weapons that won the war for us. Many millions of people were killed by those weapons. And then Doc Mattis got involved, now I'm ten days under Doc Mattis protection, which is how I found it, by the way. Which, did you know that Doc Mattis still ain't part of the solar government, even though all the planets technically are solar planets now? I thought that was kind of interesting, and oh, oh, I remember why this made me think of you, because it turns out that there are two movies about big jobs both you and Ten today did on Jupiter, The Iris Blinks and War Machines of the Midnight Hour, and I was looking at the calendar, and it turns out that they both happen on the same exact- <gasps> Oh. What was that noise? I appear to have broken the tractor shield generator. Can you fix it? I do not think so. Well, that's lucky, ain't it? At least you broke it here, right by, you know, a planet instead of in the middle of nowhere. So all we gotta do is go buy another. Down there. In Le Verrier. Uh, yeah. Well, I will leave now, then. Okay. I will get the car ready, not the Ruby 7. That makes sense. And then I will drive the car. Mm-hmm. Mr. Jack? Yes, Rita. You ain't doing any of those things you said you were going to do. Huh. Thank you for reminding me. Come on, Mr. Jack. Let's go. <clears throat> Well then, to Le Verrier. Le Verrier is renowned as one of the most beautiful cities in the solar planets. It is said that many spiritual leaders have written their founding texts here, inspired by the trillion-colored whirlwind that surrounds the city's floating dome. I do not know that I agree with the beliefs of those mystics. I believe that Rita's assessment was most apt. Wow. Pretty. It is. The market square should be this way. Buddy has asked us to hurry. If the others complete their job early, we will want to leave right away. Well... Just stop making Google eyes and help me out of this thing! Juno, a little help? Make her apologize first. What? You goddamn... Blah! Sniveling... I think we got time. I could not appreciate the beauty of Le Verrier. The colorful hangings on its market stalls, the performers in their reflective costumes... The ever-changing whirlwind beyond the dome. Ntendero was close, and it was impossible not to imagine old faces everywhere on those streets, to hear old voices in the murmur of the crowd. All units, pull back! Daniels! The people I killed. They killed. We killed. The truth lives in one of these options, but I have spent the last twenty years attempting to decide which. And I do not think I will know today. Wow, it sure is busy here. Oh my gosh, 
Look at that, a statue, and a juggler, and a living statue, and a clown, and one of those completely silent clowns! Do you mean a mime? No, it just looks like a clown who ain't got much to say. Oh, Mr. Jet, that's the captain calling. I'll be right back. <laughs> it was my goal to enter the market, purchase a war-era tractor shield generator, and leave as quickly as possible. If you understand how to adjust them, long-distance vessel parts can be quite inexpensive. Decommissioned Outer Rim warships still litter the desert voids between stars, ready for scrappers to take and mechanics to rework. I reassured myself that the trip would take an hour at most. But nine hours remained on Neptune. You're out of your mind, Mac. That pot's brand new. Last you a hundred thousand light years easy. This is not new. It is the refractory pulse array off a mid-war Outer Rim scouting vessel. I will pay you 200 creds for this part. Custom-made classic replica, 350. There is a laser hole through it. The oxidation around the hole suggests that it saw fatal combat between 60 and 70 years ago. I will pay you 200 creds for this part. We'll, uh, call it a collector's item then. 300 creds. You do not understand. That was not a request. I will pay you 200 creds. Then I will take this part. Listen, pal, have you ever haggled before? Because this isn't really how you- Mr. Jet? Just a moment, Lita. <laughs> hey, let go of me! I've been told that haggling is a very subtle and delicate art, like pottery. It is also my experience that subtle and delicate arts do not do well under many pounds of direct pressure all at once, like pottery, and the small bones of the wrist. I will pay you 200 creds for this part. <laughs> Make it 150, eh? Friend of the family discount. I said 200. But, but... Mr. Jet! Mr. Jet's a Kuliak! Hello! The captain needs to talk to you! Please, please, please just pay the man and answer your comms! Here. 200 creds. And a 50 cred tip for good service. Thank you. Buddy. Darling, we've a bit of a situation on our hands. The other team has finally managed to make it into Tenderday's apartment, but... There is nothing here. Hello, Juno. What is the situation? I just spelled it out pretty clearly, big guy. You? Clear? I've never seen it. Don't you start this again or I'm gonna end it. If I may... Infiltrated the apartment Venom Tenderized Tracker led us to, but there is absolutely nothing here. Not a person, not a chair, not a scrap of food. Rita, you are certain that this is the right location. I mean, Tenderday is a Doc Mattis protected person of interest, and that means they gotta wear a tracker at all times, right? Mass murder wanted by the entire galaxy gets witness protection from the Spook Squad. Unbelievable. They're a weapons designer, you idiot. You can't be a mass murderer for making weapons. You have to shoot them. Oh, what's the difference? Between getting shot and not? Wanna find out? Juno, Vespa, be dears and shut up, would you? Go ahead, Rita. The tracker definitely leads to that apartment, and, and, and it's supposed to be impossible to take it off. You'd have to be some kind of tech super genius to... Oh. Something had changed in the air around us. I have felt wary from the moment we touched down on this planet, but in the past few moments since we started this call, something had changed. I scanned the crowd, but could not find it. I hadn't thought of that either. Well, that is only one option. We're dealing with the engineer who built the lockbox to the Cure Mother Prime. We should have expected some surprises. Then they could still be in here, bud. In chambers, that kind of thing. It's a theory, anyway. Ransom, I take it you know what you're looking for. Right away, Captain. And Jet, Rita, I'd recommend you clip your last coupon and return to the carte blanche immediately. The very air, apparently, has surprises up its sleeves should prepare for the next before it takes us off guard. On it, Captain. Uh, Mr. Jet? And then I found the difference in the air around us. And I knew that I was the cause. Do you hear that? Um, I don't hear nothing. That is the problem. 
the music has stopped. Buddy, you will not find Mtendera in that apartment. How are you so sure of that, darling? Because Mtendera is here. I am looking at them right now. Really? The deadliest person in the galaxy? Here? There they were. Holding a guitar at the edge of the crowd. They had grown older. They wore a torn sweater instead of the uniform I'd known them in. And they had a bloody bandage wrapped around their shoulder. I could tell from experience that it was a deep wound. The kind one gets digging out an antique bullet. Or a tracking chip. But I knew it was them because their expression was exactly the same as when I'd met them. And Tendera never looked like a killer. They had heavy eyelids, either calm or drowsy. They breathed slow as sleep. And the thought that a killer lived beneath that expression taught me something I have never forgotten. Tendera did not look like a killer because a killer rarely does. Sorry, folks. That's all for today. It's just getting good. They can sing and play guitar. Nobody told me they could sing. And why is that information you would need to know, Rita? I don't know. It just seems really important all of a sudden. Captain, if you give us their location, we can be on Tendera's trail in under an hour. That is too much time. With the market open, they will disappear into the crowd in minutes. But, but, but what are we going to do? I did not want this. Our meeting seemed inevitable. I had lost control and I felt myself skidding, the wheel twisting without my hands, the engine spinning without my command. But as Buddy once told me on that day seven years ago, if I am alive, I might as well live. Chet? Darling? We will follow them. You do not have to do this, darling. I want to make that as clear as possible. It is. And I do. Rita? Okay, Mr. Jet. I'm right behind you. I reminded myself that my only other meeting with Intendra had lasted just a few short minutes. I hoped this would last no longer. But eight hours remained in Le Verrier. Oh boy, oh boy! Chasing a mass murderer through the streets of beauteous Le Verrier! It's just like in a movie! Intendra is not a mass murderer. They are the most dangerous person in the galaxy. There is a difference. But didn't Mr. Steele say they killed a whole bunch of people? Their weapons did. Intendera is the greatest weapons developer in the past thousand years. It takes considerable firepower to end a 200-year stalemate. So, is that why you're so scared of them, Mr. Jet? I did not say I was afraid. You looked it, though. It's hard to tell with you, but you look scared. And if they ended the war, doesn't that make them one of the good guys? I agree with neither Juno nor Vespa. One cannot blame a gunshot victim's death solely on the designer of the gun nor the shooter. Both are guilty. Neither holds power without the other, and they are both to be feared. We're receiving another call from Ransom. When it rains on Neptune, it certainly pours. It does not rain on Neptune. There is only hail, traveling at 1.5 thousand miles an hour at all times. Well then, when this guy shoots you, it really shoots you, doesn't it? I'm patching them through. Captain, if I may, this situation has rapidly gone from bad... Dark matters, bud! We're in here for two minutes and suddenly dark matters as the entire apartment block surrounded! Rita, could this have been a trap of some kind? I don't think so. The dark matter system has been weird lately. Easier to get into than it usually is, Sounds but... like a trap to me. But... But it just looks disorganized, you know? Not like a trap, like... Like there's someone in the middle of moving to another house, you know? Boxes in all the wrong places and the doors all unlocked and things. If it's a trap, I don't think they meant to snare us. Listen... Tendera, you have been found in violation of DM code 44.759. Open this door and we will discuss your continued protection.
protection under Dark Matter's services. A lot of guns out there for a little chat, excuse me if I don't buy it. And they must truly believe that Mtendere is here. This appears to be their tracker, hidden in a knot at the wood, along with a strip of flesh attached to it. Ugh. So they must have picked up on the change in the wind that Rita did, then went off the grid. Great. But didn't Rita say that they were playing guitar in the market? Why the hell would you go through all that trouble to make yourself invisible, but then not even leave town? Can't make this Get out of here. Break in! Captain? Captain, we can't hear you! You're breaking up! Rita? I can't hear you, darling. Buddy. Buddy! Hold on, hold on, I'm trying to get it back. That's a tough block in the signal, Mr. Jet. I can't get through anymore. A signal jammer in a public park. I do not think Laverrier knows about this. So, you mean... Intendere must be going somewhere specific. We may be in pursuit, but we are also being... led. We will proceed slowly, but be ready to run, Rita. I am a competent shot with this blaster, but against weapons of the scale Intendere has made, one blaster means very little. Okay, Mr. Jet. Intendere had been a genius engineer, but never fought in the war themselves. They did not know how to cover their tracks, and so we followed them off the path. I had tracked Intendere like this before, I remembered. Through that settlement on Jupiter, observing them for weeks as they wandered into town, picked their favorite teas, struck up conversation with the patrol officers we would later kill. The trees grew thicker around us until the park was like a forest. There are hidden places everywhere, waiting to be found by someone with something to hide. I could feel that old version of me rattled in his cage. He could end this job swiftly. He was always much faster than I. Just give me the key, he whispered through the bars. I'll let myself out. Just let loose for a minute and this can all be over. I breathed. It did not help. I took in the silence and that calmed me for a moment. But then the silence was broken. Stop right there. Now. They found us! It is not us they found. Look ahead. Okay, okay. I'm stopping. I have my hands up and everything. No need to get excited. It's Intendere! And a Dark Matters agent's pointing a gun right at him! Intendere, you have been found in violation of DM code 36.6. Who cares, am I right? We both know that's not a real Dark Matters code anyway. Questioning an official Dark Matters agent is another violation. Oh no, don't get me wrong. I know you're a real agent. I'm just saying. Whatever excuse you need to get me, right? I can respect that. Put your hands behind your head and drop to your knees. So what changed? Can I ask that? Put your hands behind your head Because me and Dark Matters, we had a good thing going for a long time. And now here you are, trying to get me down so you can execute me cleanly. Tendere, you are resisting arrest. Do not make me fire. I'm not making you do anything. I'm just asking who is. Or why. This is your last chance. Hands behind your head, knees on the ground. If the effect's the same either way, I think I'll stay here. Less effort, you know? So be it. (sighs) Alright. That's my second surprise for today. Why don't you come out and we'll make it a magic three? (sighs) Mr. Chet, what are you... Huh. So it really is you. Jet Sekuliak, right? 
I am surprised that you remember me, Tendera. I saw your face for a long time after Jupiter. A lot of nightmares, a lot of newspapers, a lot of time, and it was hard to tell one from the other. But you look different now. I might not have recognized his face if I hadn't heard the name. Your appearance has changed as well. You seem... calmer. And you have grown old. <laughs> Full of surprises. Hey, um, can I ask, uh... How we know each other? That's easy. He robbed me at gunpoint, then killed 15 people with one of my weapons. He... like in the movie? Mr. Jet, did you really... I did. I am not proud of it, but... I have changed. I believe that I have changed. And I believe I have too. I've tried to anyway. But they always say nobody ever really changes. That is not true. What makes you say that? You really feel like a different man now? Or do you just need it to be true? Well, I'm sure some more agents are probably headed this way any minute now. What do you say we discuss this inside? Inside where? Here. underground base! Isn't that always where the mad scientist keeps their experiments? You'd be pretty dumb to come down there on just an invite. But on the other hand, I'd be pretty dumb to invite a killer like Jet Sekuliak down with me. And the fact that we've both gone on talking this long when I'm sure neither of us wanted to see the other ever again tells me one important thing. We each need something from the other. Exactly. In 20 years, I had made many promises to myself about myself. I had promised that the worst of me was dead and gone. I had sworn that I would never recreate the man I was, the unnatural disaster who had escaped comfortably from stealing the iris of Jupiter, then slaughtered 15 people for no reason at all. Tendra, they were one of the most potent ingredients in that recipe for violence. I had promised myself that I would never see them again. But here I was, and here I had to be. I wanted to believe I had changed. I wanted to believe that was possible. One question first. I don't think we have time. Why are you wanted by the solar government? And dark matters? With dark matters, the honest answer is... I don't know. And as for the other? The signal came from this direction. Surround the area. Now's not the time. So? Are you coming? And I knew the answer made no difference. I knew I would continue down after Ntendra, no matter how much I feared losing control over myself beneath this placid park on La Verrier. All right, down we go. If you've enjoyed this tale, please consider donating to the Penumbra on Patreon. Our artists work tirelessly to bring you these stories, and if you have the means, we hope you will support our efforts. Every dollar helps. You can find that page at patreon.com slash the Penumbra podcast. If you support us on Patreon at the $10 level or higher, you will receive access to commentary tracks like this one from actor Alexander Stravinsky and co-creator Sophie Takagi Kaner. 
Let's see, in Monster's Reflection, you did... That's the one with uh, Sarah, right? Yeah, and yeah. you did, like, King Evil. I yeah, think, I, was, right? I was King like, Evil, and I, I might have been Capricorn as well. Yeah, Or, or at yeah, least I read for else. it, yeah. Yeah, so, like, some throwaway, like, random characters were those ones. You had to not sound like Jet at all, yeah. and the point <laughs> was to be totally unrecognizable. Um, but then with this, you have to be different, but still recognizable. And that's, like, a very tall order. Yeah. Um, so I was really, really impressed. Did you know that the Penumbra has merchandise for sale? It's true. The Penumbra has partnered with DFTBA to bring you the posters, shirts, pins, and socks your hearts desire. Just go to dftba.com and search for the Penumbra podcast. We would like to give special thanks to all who support us on Patreon, but especially to Minchowski, Ko, Choi Kwan, Liesling Voss, Peter Nureyev wears Axe Body Spray, Lin Go. N.B. Shaper, Jasper James, Caroline Seidman, Maximum Ham, Red L, Sophia Anderson, Izzy J, Kim Dauber, Jay Yanazelli, Karen Z.H., Kim Zygen, and Jamie Gunter for their incredibly generous contributions per episode. Thank you. This tale, Juno Steel and the Tools of Rust, was told by the following people. Alexander Stravinsky as Jet Sekuliak, Kate Jones as Rita, Angemily as Ntendere, Sarah Gazdovich as Buddy, Joshua Elon as Juno, Chloe Cunha as Vespa, and Noah Symes as Ransom. The Penumbra is created and produced by Sophie Takagi Kaner and Kevin Vibert. If you wish to know more about our ever-expanding, infinitely creative team of artists, musicians, editors, designers, and managers, you can read about them in the show notes of this episode. I'm afraid that is our time for today, dear travelers. We hope you will join us again soon.